You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. See Carlos Correa on the top step of the dugout. Talk to him today. He's at full strength with his hand. He's not even doing hardly any exercises to strengthen it anymore. He'll be swinging about for the first time in Arizona on Monday. And he's been taking ground balls now, too. So coming along well. Now it's Springer, who's 0 for 3. He's grounded out three times and walked. Good to see Correa in good spirits. And here to support his ball club. He said it's driving him nuts. He said his mouth is raw. Absolutely raw from Sunflower Seeds. <laughs> Springer homering in yesterday's game. Two-run shot giving him 28 home runs on the season. Which is one off of his career high of 29, which he did last year. Springer lines this one in the left field, coming over Gallo, makes the catch on the run, and that is the ball game. Astros have dropped two in a row here in Arlington, and five consecutive losses for the Astros as they lose tonight by a final of eight to three. Now, another Astros podcast. Welcome back. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks joined by Astros general manager Jeff Luno before the Astros wrap up this series with the Texas Rangers. Astros still looking for a win on this road trip, and it's been uh, really the first extended slump that the Astros have been in this season, Jeff. And uh, I mean, it's one of those things everybody knows teams go through slumps over the course of a year, but uh, Astros losers, losers of 12 of their last 16. This is obviously something we just hadn't seen from this team in, until the last few weeks. You're right about that, and we were hoping this team would be slump-proof, but obviously we're not. We're mortal, and it is tough when you're going through these stretches. I do reflect back on 2006 when I was with the Cardinals organization, and they had two eight-game losing streaks during the season where it felt like everything was crashing down all around us, and we ended up winning the World Series that year. So you look at at how championship teams go through the season. Everybody has a, a period sort of like this. And I think it's a combination of our starting pitching hasn't been getting deep into games, has been giving up some runs, and our our offense hasn't been putting up as many crooked numbers as we've gotten used to. But I, I believe in our guys. I think starting today we're going to see a, a new new uh, new phase. We're going to we're going to win a lot of games the rest of this month and in September and and cruise into October. I really believe that. And Jeff, obviously Dallas Keuchel is critical for this team to get turned around, and you need to have him pitching at his best to to get as far as it into the playoffs as you can. And for Dallas Keuchel, this becomes a very big start. It does, but you know, mostly what Dallas Keuchel has shown in his career is that you know, it takes him a little bit to get ramped up. Usually in spring training, he's got he has a few rusty outings and then goes out and starts the season. And I think because of the long layoff, really this is sort of equivalent to the end of spring training. So I'm expecting a strong outing from him today. I'm, I'm expecting him to get better and better every time out there and just refine his command and get back to the, the, the all-star Cy Young Dallas Keuchel that we know is in there. One guy who's been really impressive is Joe Musgrove of late. Moving to the bullpen, hasn't allowed a run in six of his seven relief outings and uh, looked absolutely dominant at times in his appearance the other night here in Arlington. And I mean, we were seeing some 97s, some 98s on the radar gun. I mean, this is a guy in Musgrove who could really, really be a weapon for you down the stretch out of the pen. He sure can. And we saw what he was capable of last year when he came up in the bullpen and, and he gave us good innings as a starter earlier this year. But it's, it's a, he is an important weapon for us as we think about lining ourselves up for 
uh, postseason series to have an arm like that coming out of the bullpen who, who's got that stuff and who can also give us multiple innings if needed. Um, he's going to be a, a, an important person for us going down the stretch. Jeff, you have a lot of depth, especially at the shortstop position. Marwin and uh, Bregman both flashed some really good glove work at, at shortstop, but Correa is, is a missing link in this lineup. And uh, talking to him yesterday, he's starting to feel really good, really anxious at this point, too. He feels like he has all the strength back in his, in his thumb. He's progressing, and I know he really wants to help his team. It's tough when you have two of your guys that are competing for the MVP out at the same time, and yeah. now we got Springer back, and I think we're starting to see his timing come around. Uh, we're going to need Correa back for us to accomplish our goals this season. We know that. He knows that. And fortunately, he's young. He heals quickly. Our doctors are optimistic that he's going to beat the original timeline we had for him. So uh, keep fingers crossed, but we certainly need him back, and he's doing everything he can to put himself in that position. Joined by Astros general manager Jeff Luno. A couple of pitchers promoted to AA Corpus Christi recently, Jeff CNL Perez and Forrest Whitley. Wanted to talk to you in particular about Whitley. I mean, the guy who was first-round pick just last year, uh, still only 19 years old, and uh, in his third level of the Astros minor league system once he – once he toes the rubber for Corpus Christi, I mean, obviously, you draft a guy in the first round, you expect him to to be a, an elite type of prospect. But I'd have to imagine Whitley's even exceeded you, you, your guys' expectations for him to this point. He has. He's the fastest moving uh, high school pitcher I've had anywhere in my career associated with the teams I've been involved with, and there's good reason for that. The guy looks the part. He's got the stuff, and he's got the command of his pitches. And um, really, this guy has potential to be a top-of-the-rotation starter, so we're not going to hold him back. We're going to let him progress as fast as his talent will let him, and right now, um, that's it's record-breaking speed for a guy who was in last year's draft to be a double-A right now is uh, is really pretty phenomenal, and I think it bodes well for his future. CNL, same thing. CNL was uh, signed last year, had some experience in the Cuban League, but young guy, left-hander, and um, he's been cruising through our system as well. So both of those guys are are high upside starters for us, and the fact that they're a double-A is going to give them a chance to be challenged and move even quicker. Jeff, you guys acquired Brendan McCurry in a trade with the Oakland A's a couple of years ago, but Brendan was suspended earlier this year. It looks like he's doing very well in triple-A second half of this season. Would he perhaps figure in uh, plans to help this team later on, or are you going to wait till next year? Well, he's a guy that has to be added to the 40-man roster or we risk losing him in the Rule 5. And he has pitched really well since he came back from his suspension. You know, he's sort of a shorter guy with uh, five different pitches, a lot in his arsenal. He buries his arm slot. And he's got uh, interesting stuff that has a lot of deception and he gets out. So, uh, you know, once you know you're going to have to put a guy in the roster in the offseason, it makes it a little easier to bring him up in September. And he certainly has pitched well enough to be in the conversation. You know, speaking of September call-up, Jeff, obviously this is a time of year when you really start to think about that, and uh, I know it's something you and, and A.J. Hinch will, will talk about as well as with the minor league staff, but you mentioned obviously guys that you have to put on to the uh, uh, onto the 40-man roster or expose them to the Rule 5 draft uh, coming up this offseason, so that's obviously a consideration. Um, also have to imagine a consideration, too. Looks like AAA Fresno, good shot at being in the postseason as well, so I guess uh, probably a few different factors affecting uh, who you bring up in September. You're right about that, and, and to be honest, a lot of the guys I want up in September are the guys that are currently on our disabled list, like McCullers and Harris and Correa and Gaddis. Get all those guys back would be a big boost, and obviously the ones that are replacing them right now, we're going to have to keep them around probably. Um, and then there's other players down in AAA that have had good years that you know have put up good numbers that are already on the roster, and some guys we're going to consider bringing up um, to the roster. So we certainly have plenty of choices. It's going to be a balance because we're going to want to win as many games in September as possible to maintain 
uh, home field advantage and make sure we get in the playoffs as early as possible. And uh, so we're going to need uh, good players, but we also don't want a, a massive group following us around. So we'll have to play that one by ear, but um, I'm just looking forward to having those choices. Jeff, one big bat, and we've seen plenty of him, is Preston Tucker. Just 27 years old now, but having a big year with Fresno, 22 homers, 83 RBIs, still in consideration? Yeah, he's been terrific. And, and you know, I feel bad for the guy to a certain extent because he's got the ability to play in the major leagues. And when he had his opportunity here, um, you know, he didn't play as well as, as he would have liked to, but he's gone down and done everything we've asked him to. And I think he's just waiting for his opportunity to get some regular playing time in the big leagues. And he will shoot, show to everybody what I've known all along. This guy is, is a legitimate major league bat who could uh, be in the middle or back end of, of the lineup in, in a lot of teams. It just hasn't worked out for us at this point, but it may down the road. And, and he's a guy that I definitely like having in our organization. Astros General Manager Jeff Luno, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Robert Ford, Steve Sparks, on your radio, the Houston Astros Radio Network. We're joined now by Brian McTaggart. Thanks for joining us, Brian, Astros beat writer for MLB.com, as we're in a rain delay, supposed to resume at 8.15 uh, here in, in Arlington. And uh, we were just talking about Pudge Rodriguez. And you were here in 2009 with the Astros when uh, uh, Pudge Rodriguez was with the Astros. And, and just very briefly... Uh, with the Astros, but two milestone moments for him. His 300th home run broke Carlton Fisk's record for, for most games caught in big league history. And what do you remember about covering Pudge? Yeah, well, uh, you know, he was uh, a true professional, as you, you would expect from a guy who had been around the league the whole time. And, and those were a couple of big milestones. Actually, Astros actually had three guys hit, hit their 300th homer that year. Berkman and, and Carlos Lee did as well. So huh. I'm not sure what order they went in. But, yeah, Pudge was great. Um, knew the game inside and out. You could you could t- really talk to him about pitchers. He obviously understood, uh, understood pitching and, and pitchers better than anybody. And probably my best Pudge memory is when he got traded back to the Rangers that summer got his phone number and i probably called him 30 times to try to get a hold of him and yeah. every time he, i think he would pick up the phone and i would say pudge and then he would hang up on me and my kids were little and they were like why do you keep saying pudge over and over but eventually he picked up the phone <laughs> and he had to talk to me he was actually driving to arlington from houston so that was cool uh, that is pretty cool and uh a really neat career for for him and I mean, it's kind of funny that it, two of his bigger milestones coming in an Astros yeah. uniform, and, and he broke the catching record here in Arlington while playing for the Astros, right? Yeah, here while, while playing for the, for, for, the, for the Astros in Arlington, so that was a pretty neat deal that all, all the, uh, the Rangers fans got to, got to see that as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then coming back to Arlington from, from the Astros right away, uh, pretty, pretty cool deal. I mean, that was a, a pretty, pretty nice ceremony they did for him, so uh, pretty well done. Hey, Brian, I guess I could read it in one of your columns, but what's, what's the company line coming out of the Astros? Obviously playing the worst baseball they have this season, and they've got a cushion, but what's everybody saying right now when you talk to them about maybe the team struggling? Well, I mean, it's a good thing to have that lead. I mean, they have the big lead. Obviously, they could, uh, you know, first of all, they got to get healthy. That's, that's the number one thing. I think that's the thing that I mean, when we talk to A.J. Hinch, most of our questions center around health. Right. Who's, who's close? I mean, it sounds like they're going to come in waves. We all know Correa's way down the line, and, you know, guys like Will Harris may be closer. But um, got to get healthy and, and got to start pitching a little better. But I think the health is the main thing. I mean, I, I think this team at full strength is, is, a, is a great team and has, has yeah. a shot to do a lot of things. But you got eight guys on the DL. You're a, a long way from where you want to be. you got the sense that some of the veterans that they brought in in the offseason can help. Uh, this young core getting through tough times and some adversity? Yeah, I think so. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, when you go through what they're going through right now, I, I think obviously Carlos Beltran is probably, uh, you know, really a, a great influence in that clubhouse right now. And, uh, you know, Redick uh, is another guy who's who's been through some ups and downs and, and sure. been in the playoffs. And, of course, McCann, too. And, and that's why they went out and got these guys. I mean, I, mean, I, know, I know Beltran's not having the season that a lot of fans wanted on the field. But, you know, off the field, the stuff he's done in the clubhouse and um, – with uh, with the younger players, and I mean, we, you look at that ceremony they had a couple of weeks ago where they buried his glove. Right, Every player right. is out there. There's so much respect for him, and that yeah. that's what fans I think have to understand is he's he's a huge piece of this puzzle. He certainly is, and uh, you know, obviously a lot was made about the trade deadline, right? And and what happened, didn't happen, what could have happened. Uh, uh, do you get the sense uh, being down there talking with players in the clubhouse and? the coaching staff, that, that guys are, are past that at this point? Because, I mean, at this point, there's it's not really anything you can do. The deadline's nope. come and gone. Yeah, I think they're definitely past it. I mean, there's no doubt it, it wrangled some guys. And sure. A couple of them came out publicly. I mean, Dallas, uh, in an interview I did with them, and then, uh, you know, Reddick on the on the radio the other day. And, and I, I think they, they spoke for most of the clubhouse. I mean, if you look around and other teams are making deals and, and you're not, even though you have the best record in the league, I mean, you, you know, you still like to get better. Every team can get better. But – um, yeah, I think they have to get past it, water under the bridge, and uh, kind of rally the troops a little bit and uh, get healthy and then uh, see what the last six weeks hold. You know what, Brian? I mentioned something yesterday, and it, it, it kind of just popped in my mind. But when you're talking about yeah, maybe some frustration when you don't make a move, who are you talking about on your team that, that needs to be replaced? I mean, you, your team has won so many games and have this, such a great record in the American League. And are you saying you need a starting pitcher to replace who? Fires or Peacock, guys that have taken the ball all year? I mean, it, it just yeah, it, it uh, seems to me like that could cause division. Yeah, I mean, are you going to get somebody better than those guys? And, I, you know, I will say when uh, the day of the trade deadline, uh, uh, Carlos Beltran showed up and several reporters went around to ask him about the deadline. And uh, another player was in the background yelling that, hey, we, we have a you know 17-and-a-half game lead. We're, we're fine. We don't, we don't need to add anybody. And I think that's a fair sentiment. But, you know, the Dodgers went out and added some players. But... Even though you're a great team, you can always get a little bit better. But yeah, who who do you bump out of if they bring in, uh, you know, if they if they bring in a starting pitcher? He's got to be better than what you have. And even though they they have a couple of guys injured, they still have some pretty good options. Peacock pitching well and, and Fires obviously what what he's done in the second half. What's it like being in a situation uh, where you know you, the Astros are having the season that they're having? Trade deadlines coming up. There's a lot of rumors, speculation about what might happen, what might not happen. A lot of people don't realize how difficult and stressful that time can be for, for the media that, that cover the team on a daily basis because, I mean, you, you want to be, be the one, obviously, who gets the story, finds out what's going on, and, and there's just a, there's a lot of speculation and misinformation during that time, yeah, right? It, yeah, it's super stressful. You have guys with fake accounts, you know, fake Ken Rosenthal yes. that, you know, you, you, when you first see it, you're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, okay, that was me. That was me. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, it, it is very stressful. You're just on Twitter waiting for uh, waiting for something to happen while, while checking with your own sources. And this year I was flying back from Cooperstown. I had like a 6 a.m. flight. Um, I landed in Houston with my phone at 1%, just crossing my fingers. <laughs> I could get to my truck and That's plug it awesome. in. And I did. I got to my truck and plugged it in at 1% and did a little bit of work in my truck. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely a time to exhale when uh, August 1st rolls around. Funniest comment you, you've seen in the re- most recent weeks on, on Twitter. Is anybody just I – mean, if the fans, they, they seem upset that the team didn't add at the trade deadline. Have you seen anything that's just ridiculous lately? Well, what gets me is just uh, – Besides the fake Ken Rosenthal. Besides, <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's just, uh, you know, 
Got to love the fans. I mean, they're passionate. Yeah. They care more about the Astros than ever. They're, I love it. Yeah, they're they're quick to react though a lot of times. And when something goes wrong, they you know they should be sent down or yeah. somebody should be fired or. That's when you want to be fake Brian McTaggart. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a few of those. So uh, there, there were a few of those earlier in the year, but they got shut down for some reason. But, no, I mean, there's you can tell there's a, a lot of interest, a lot of excitement in the Astros, and um, they're paying attention to every single move that gets made, even in the minor leagues, you know, like Forrest Whitley getting promoted to double-A, and I'm getting questions whether he's going to pitch in the big leagues this year. And I'm yeah. like, no, that's not happening. That's yeah. funny. As we talk with Brian McTaggart, Astros beat writer for MLB, Com. And this has to be an exciting time for you, too, because, look, everybody who's a writer, just like everyone who's a broadcaster, you, you like to have as big of an audience as you can. And you mentioned how well the team is playing. Uh, I mean, I've noticed, and I'm sure you have, too, I've got a lot more Twitter followers yeah. this season uh, than I, I can ever remember getting over the course of a year. So that makes it exciting because it means more people are paying attention to, to what you're doing, what we're doing, and, and that makes it even more fun, I'm sure, for you. Yeah, it is, and, and Twitter's a weird thing because you, you go on the press box over there, everyone everyone screens on Twitter pretty much, but yeah. when the Astros were really rolling there in the first half, I mean, my followers, were every, every time I'd click on, they were growing big time and kind of flattened out. It's almost really? like with the record. Yeah, they've almost flattened out a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, you you know, you want to you want to write about uh, games in October. I mean, any writer wants to cover the playoffs and, and cover games in October and cover their team, and you know, it gives gives us a, ch a chance to uh, show what we can do uh, in those bright lights as well. Who's your best friends in, in the around the league uh, with other teams? Who's some of your best friends as writers? Well, all the MLB.com writers, we're, we're a pretty close fraternity in that when we go to the winter meetings, we're in the same room together. Um, uh, probably, probably Mark Bowman, who covers the Braves, yeah. is one of the guys I'm, I'm closest to. And you know, we had spring training together, where we roomed together for a couple of weeks, for a couple of couple of time, couple of years in Kissimmee. So he and I are pretty close. We've been to the Hall of Fame together twice now, stayed in the same house. So, huh. um, but we're all we're all a, a pretty tightly knit crew. And even all the beat writers, I mean, all, all the baseball beat writers, we all understand. Uh, you know, it's a tough job. It's uh, you guys share like trade secrets and things like that. Oh, oh yeah, we uh, yeah, we, and that's the great thing about MLB.com is we have a great net network where we're always emailing each other. Here's what the Astros are looking for. Does this match up with your team? And right. most of the time, it doesn't lead to anything. But if something goes on, you immediately have someone you know and trust that you can contact. Um, there's an expert on that team that can help you with one of your stories. That's cool. Brian McTaggart, Astros B writer for MLB.com. Good to see you. Thanks for stopping yeah, by. Thanks for having me, guys. This has been a production. And whoever in this crowd wasn't standing before, well, they're getting to their feet now. Of the Houston Astros. This place is rocking right now. Radio Network.